The Trek Files, Season 6, Episode 11, Plato's Stepchildren Production Documents, 1968. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Well, welcome back, Star Trek fans, all you Star Trek historians. Hey, all you canonistas. Yes, I say that lovingly. <laughs> In short, all of you Trekophiles out there spelled with an F, you know who you are. And hey, if you're joining us for new for the first time, you want to do what all of our veteran listeners do is jump right on our Facebook page right now, because that's where we have this week's documents. Yes, we're the only podcast with paperwork or digital paperwork. But look, we've got a wonderful show today. We've got a guest who's new to the show today, uh, a wonderful topic that's, um, well, we're coming around on the anniversary. And of course, as with all things Star Trek, it's very much in the news, in the headlines. So as always, take a look at the docs there on our page, facebook.com slash thetrekfiles. And meanwhile, you can take a listen to this segment, to this piece of it, and I'll be right back with that special guest. Dear Bill, now that we have a mimeoed script on Plato's stepchildren, I think it would behoove you to get immediately to work on some design sketches for the costumes in the show. Certainly, something distinctive must be planned for Michael Dunn to wear. You will note the description in scene 86 on page 58, in which the writer makes reference to the fact that unlike the other inhabitants of this planet, his mode of attire is different. Yes, Trek fans, we're talking about all things Plato still children today. Hey, it's the late original series, third season episode. Um, you may remember it with some painful kind of almost sadomasochistic scenes, which are, depending on your point of view, a little, f they're both famous and infamous. Um, but that episode meant a lot to one of our a very young viewer at the time, just exactly the same way all Star Trek in its way, including today's series, have meant so much to the audiences of their time. So look, enough talk. I want to introduce an old friend of mine, my old boss, and somebody you should know if you don't already, and yes, he even dabbles in some of those other streams. But I'm so thrilled to have on the Trek Files today, uh, Dan Madsen. Dan, thank you so much for being with us. This is long overdue on the Trek Files. Larry Nemechek, I am delighted to be here with you. Well, this is awesome. I uh, We were finding, we were digging in Gene's files, and we found some documents about uh, not just licensing, but about the whole aspect of, of what it is about sci-fi and pop culture and the attraction that, that mer I say merchandise, but some of the collectibles, you know, collectibles makes it sound commercial. Merchandise just makes it sound like stuff, but there are some real um, emotional connections that people have with their things. So anyway, it got me thinking about you, and and I, I want to talk to you about that at some point, but I know that um, we should talk about everybody's fandom. <laughs> and what <laughs> brought me, and I always remember your story, which I want you to talk about today, but your story about what brought you to Star Trek, or what really lit you up, is exactly what we continue to hear from especially young people today mm -hmm. watching the newer versions. And sometimes old fogies like you and me 
we forget about how that hold can 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 you know can magnetize someone. So anyway, I I I want you to to remind everybody how it was that you came to fandom because that's what we've got. If as if people couldn't tell, we've got all these Plato stepchildren documents out here, um, which are fun to look at and interesting. But you tell me what it was about this episode for you. Your, well, your story. It, it's it's interesting, you know, and 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 for most people, I I suspect that are Star Trek fans. Plato's stepchildren would not be on the the top list of their uh -huh. favorite episodes, you know, um, but for a very different reason, it is for me. Um, and uh, as a, as as a little person, if anybody doesn't know who who I am and can't see me, they're they're um, I'm your dam's dinner. I'm, I'm dinner, yeah, Star Wars, <laughs> that other franchise thing. Um, but yeah, I'm a little person. I stand four foot two inches tall. <clears throat> All my life, I've been little. Um, and growing up, you know, as as things were at that time, you know, it was always rather difficult being different mm -hmm. in a world uh, that that uh, didn't uh, wasn't always kind to people that were different. Um, and um, I was walking home from school one day. This was in junior high. I was 14 years old. Um, and there were these kids making fun of me because I was different. Um, I didn't mm -hmm. look like them and I was small and, um, it, it really got to me. It did. It really emotionally hit me, um, that, you know, they were making fun of me and I didn't feel like I belonged. Um, yeah. and, uh, and it wasn't likely to change and it wasn't, no, I knew it wasn't going to change. You <laughs> yeah. know, I knew this was yeah. the way it was going to be forever. Um, and so, uh, I, I walked in my front door and my brother, who was three years older than me, he was in, in high school. <clears throat> he um, he was um, sitting on the couch watching TV and I normally wouldn't watch what he watched. I would go up to my bedroom and play with my action figures or something, superheroes or something. Um, at any rate, I decided to grab a ding dong and a glass of milk and uh, go sit down in front of the TV and watch what he was watching. Why that day I chose to do that, I don't know. Possibly because I was I was rather um, um, upset about what had just happened on my way home from mm -hmm. school. Well, it just so happens that on that, that day, oh. he was watching an episode of Star Trek. I had never watched an episode of Star Trek. I really had no interest in watching an episode of Star Trek. Um, but I sat down with him, and the episode that was on the TV that day, as fate would have it, was Plato's Stepchildren. Um, and I'm sitting uh -huh. there watching it, kind of intrigued a little bit by, you know, the looks of the the, the uniforms and Spock and the Enterprise. And, and lo and behold, who comes on the screen? But this little guy, and he even looks like me. Um, mm -hmm. he, he's got a very similar kind of face and look. Uh, to the kind of dwarfism that I have. And I just, I just kind of my jaw dropped. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a little guy just like me on this show. And um, I, I, that immediately caught my attention. So I, I, I started watching the whole show with my brother. And um, <clears throat> I was really taken by um, some of the words that were um, spoken to this character named Alexander. And uh, in specifically... There was a moment in that show where Kirk is sitting next to Alexander and Alexander says to him, you know, what's it like where you come from? And Kirk says to him, Alexander, where I come from, size, shape or color makes no difference. And I'm telling you, Larry, 
I, I, to this moment, it still does this to me. I, I got that. the hairs on the back of my neck stand up because it was like a light bulb going off in my head as mm -hmm. I watched that. And when I heard those words, it was like a religious experience for me. I sat there and I thought, oh, my gosh, what would that be like if I lived in a place where nobody judged me by what I looked, but by the content of my character? Mm -hmm. And I just at that moment. I was like, I have to see where this world is. I got to see where this Kirk and this Spock guy live because that's the kind of world I want to live in. And after the day I had had just walking home from school, <clears throat> that episode changed my life. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. It literally changed my life. And at the end of that episode, well, yeah. when Kirk bends down and says to Scotty, Scotty, forward to be him up. And he gets down and Alexander looks up at him with that grin. I thought, Man, if I could beam up to that enterprise right now, I would. That was my fantasy. And I, I tell you, from that moment on, I became a hardcore Star Trek fan. And every single day I came home from school, I would grab a snack, sit down in front of the TV, and at 4 o'clock watch Star Trek. And my life changed forever. It went on a completely different path after that. Well, yeah. And I just want to say... Um... Okay, all, all you kids, <laughs> that's, your, that's the 70s right there. You want to know why you have Star Trek today? That's the 70s right there. That's why. That's, that's why. That's right. That's right. But, you know, I've heard you. I knew that for years, but I've never heard you tell that story with the setup that, that it happened that day, just yeah. after the day you'd gotten picked on and bullied. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah. It, lightning struck that day. Bang. You remember. And that's. Uh, it was, and it just, it just, it moved me, motivated me so much, Larry, you know, um, and then, and then as I started watching more and more of the original Star Trek, you know, I started. I was going to say, so what did you do when Alexander wasn't back, when Michael, uh, when Michael wasn't back in any other episodes? Did you? It, it, it didn't matter to me because yeah. I knew he was somewhere out there with you know in their world and then i wanted to see more of what this world was like that kirk described like that and uh and then i just you know then like anyone like you like anyone else i fell in love with um, the the themes of the show the characters of the show you know the the episodes the um just everything about the whole about universe it. yeah the whole universe that draws you in um and uh you know and it's funny because I don't know that I would ever have necessarily, I mean, I always liked science fiction and fantasy and, you know, I was into superheroes and comic books and things, but, uh, you know, had that moment not happened to me, I don't know that I would have maybe caught Star Trek uh, and started watching it or, uh, you know, I might've seen an episode here or there, but, um, you know, it, it it's it's weird for me to say the TV show changed my life, but that well, that that episode of that show changed my life. Well, when you say that, it dawns on me that I kind of cheated you a little bit at the, at the beginning. Uh, <laughs> I assume that a lot of folks listening in know exactly who you. When we say changed your life, uh, this is almost too much to contain in one of our little episodes. So I already know that I want to have you back to talk about this. But when we say changed your life, we're talking about the guy who went on to create the original original Star Trek fan club, licensed, officially licensed, not just for that, but the first time that, I mean, like, you know, there'd been 
the Beatles fan club and the Elvis fan club. And I'm sure the Bing Crosby fan club back in the day and the monkeys and all that, you know, and movie stars and singers and bands. But there'd never been really a fan club for a, a show, especially one that was, you know, dramatic in prime time. And, and, and then and then a failed little show that was coming back as movies. That was historic enough. But your whole odyssey with the fan club and then later on Star Wars. And there was a lot of pioneering there back at a time when we look around now in this Comic-Con culture we have. And like yeah. that didn't exist. And if you were a Trek, you were you may have come out of the closet <laughs> on your Star Trekness to your brother and your friends. But the geeks were still in the closet pretty much. Oh, we hadn't yeah. won the war yet. So it, no, 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 no. Know. I was a nerd. I was con that was considered being nerdy to like Star Trek and things and you know they always described you you know as having the glasses and uh you know the little the the pens in your in your pocket yeah. and you know and being yeah. a nerd never kissed a girl kind of thing you know and uh stuff so yeah you know i was it was not it was not the popular thing that it is today it's a whole whole different world from the time when i was 14 to what uh to you know a 14 year old today growing up loving star trek and sci-fi it's you're just lost world. in the crowd. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. You know. Well, I and we know that. But what I, what I was trying to get to there was uh, when you said, had that that day not occurred, you might not have been on the path of your life that you were, and part of your life path included pioneering some of these aspects and concepts that we all in, that have laid the groundwork for this world we have today. So you know, as part of. Even working with Gene in the, in oh, yeah. the early days. And no, the, I mean, I worked, I, you know, I was able to turn my passion and my love for Star Trek into a career that, that actually paid me um, to do what I love to do. Um, and as a result of, you know, growing up, then watching Star Trek, um, I got to um, to get to meet and know the entire cast. And, and Gene became a, a dear friend. And um uh, and, you know, it turned into, uh, you know, these people who I admired and worship basically becoming, you know, friends, people I could call mm -hmm. and talk to um, and see. And they knew me and I knew them. And the kid in Colorado. This yeah, this <laughs> kid in Colorado, you know, so it, uh, you know, and it took me on so many journeys out to California to visit the sets and be on the sets of, all, of a lot of the movies and um, meet mm -hmm. some of the actors in their homes and interview them and and get to know you and have you become the editor of my magazine later on and all these things just you know it, what a rich reward my life has has had as a result of that moment coming home from school sitting in front of that tv it was uh it it's just you know i keep i keep hammering on this but I don't know where my life would be today had I not sat down in front of the TV that day and watched Star Trek. Well, there's a lot of folks uh, that are out there that have that same story. And maybe, yeah. who knows, some of the kids that are out there right now. I just want to say real quick, um, that uh, Plato's stepchildren, I love the way you said, that's not exactly on anyone's short list of their top Star Trek no. episodes, but it had that special meeting for you. We've got some, you know, the conceit of the Trek files is we've got some documents. Is there anything, I mean, I don't know how much beyond the Michael Dunn and, and the character of Alexander, how much you cared about that episode. I mean, we've got, you've seen call sheets and we've got some memos and things here. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's it's this, even this this costume memo from Bill Tice about uh, 
about how how uh, Alexander Michael Dunn will have something distinctive from the other quasi. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. Is anything come to mind? There's one thing that's cool on here I want to point out before we before we close out today, but uh, anything strike you just looking over some of these documents from this well, pivotal I like episode? Well, you know, the uh, the one thing I noticed was um and you may have begun to bring it up the flamingo dancer. I was going to say. Yeah. That that part of, you know, with Spock doing that. I you know, that <clears throat> That was that was kind of uh, cool to see that and, and know that that guy was on the set that day, you know, and and yeah. that he was going to be doing his dancing, you know, around yeah. Kurt, the Kurt stunt State. dancer. Yeah, the, the stunt <laughs> dancer. Yeah, the stunt dancer. You know, so yeah, I was I was that kind of uh, that put a smile on my face when I saw that. I I, I love that. That's what's but, fun about deep diving. See, and I know that's his Armando Gonza who did that for that was his he was a dancer, but he worked in the industry as a as a stunt dancer, when people, you know, taught dancing to actors or, yeah. or you know, filled in like this. But what I love is not only do we have his name, but we have the production report that talks about how he was on set at 11 and he was dismissed at 11.15. So that little bit that we see of supposedly Spock's feet dancing around Kirk's head, you know, dangerously, uh, took, you know, he was there 15 minutes to 15 shoot that minutes. in. I would, you know, it's funny because even I would have thought that would have taken longer than 15 minutes to do, but man, they were, they were moving it, you know? Well, you know, they what's funny moving. is, is even how, how old was I before it even dawned on me for that five second <laughs> clip that that was a stunt dancer? You know, I mean, I was, I never a, thought that when a I, grown I mean, man yeah, before you, yeah, a grown man. I always thought that was Leonard Demon. I thought, man, I wonder how they taught him to do that. You know, Well, he's just doing, you know, and that's <laughs> the thing though. the dancer makes it look easy. Well, he's just doing token, you know, stereotypical <laughs> flamenco dances. And and Leonard's a pretty smart, artsy guy, isn't yeah, that? Yeah, you know, I you mean, know. I figured he could have done it. So I mean, it didn't seem beyond the realm of possibility that that was literally Leonard's feet. But uh, you know, they spliced it together and made it look so good that you you believed it was him doing it. Well, again, I know that's not the uh, the the episode is not the attraction here for uh, for a lot of folks, and that's not wasn't your key. We're looking at all these actors' names and and the. Well, but just, you know the other just thing for about... fun, the director's memo here, just to stand. Yeah. I threw that in just to uh, have some fun. No, with... I think that's I think that's awesome. And you know the other thing about Plato's stepchildren is that, you know, while, while people will mention you know, about Alexander and such, and that was the main thing of, for me on the show. I mean, you know, it was the first interracial kiss on TV, and that's what everybody right. brings up most about that episode, you know. Um, and um, so I wonder it was if a you were historic episode in that regard, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and people argue whether that, you know, we've had all the folk, well, there were interracial kisses on the UK, there yeah, was a variety show, but still... And it was a thing, and they were worried about losing the Southern stations if they showed right. it and all of that. Right. And this was the third season when everything is supposedly, you know, a little on the skids. But yeah. here you go. Third, yeah. Look, guys, even the third... Here we are proving Idic again. Don't dismiss even the third season episodes. Look what There's they did for you, There's something to offer in every episode of Star Trek. I don't care whether it's the, the worst episode or not. It, 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 there's something you can find in it that is charming and that you can love well listen dan uh we just barely scratched the surface here i want to i want to talk more about this whole world of licensing and merchandise and and your story because plato's stepchildren is nice but about setting you on the path other things might have derailed the path that we know you had also and i want to talk to you some can you come back and talk to us a little more about that absolutely i'll be here oh i want to i want to get into that okay great okay. we'll see you then Okay, Larry, sounds good. The Trek Files is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Executive producer, Rod Roddenberry. 
Now, all of our documents and your chance to comment are available at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash thetrekfiles. And for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek in Portal 47, that's me, at larrynimacek.com. Trek well, everybody. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.